This morning I'll be looking at uh, 1 John. It's not the John that Pastor Tommy is preaching through. It's a book that later on that the Apostle John preaches through, or uh, writes um, when he was living most likely in Asia Minor. And it's a really interesting book because a lot of the Bible books are linear. As you walk through them, they kind of have a pace or kind of format from one topic to the other and builds on each other. But this passage, or this book rather, focuses on kind of a more cyclical or circular way. That John has some very big themes he wants to hit on, some themes he really wants to nail into the hearts of the people that he's writing to and to us. And so it's a really fun book to read through because it's A, very short, which is good for millennials like myself, but B, really rams home important truths that sustain us and help us as we go through life. So this morning... As I read uh, the first chapter, we're going to do the whole chapter. It sounds intimidating, but it's not a long chapter. Like I said, it's a short book. But it really wants you to think on how the Gospel of John starts. Uh, John 1.1, I'm sure a lot of you could recite it. If you grew up in Sunday school or maybe um, because of the series Pastor Tom is going through, you've started rereading the Gospel of John. It says, for in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. And so we're going to start in 1 John at the same place, the same starting point. Not in John's life, but in talking about that person uh, that we'll focus on. So if you'll join me in reading as I read through 1 John 1 all the way through verse 10. This is the word of the Lord. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest. We have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and which was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be made complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him no is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly and Most Holy Father, Pray you be in my mouth and in my speaking, in my head and in my thinking, in my heart and in my speaking, Lord. Just pray you, uh, give me grace. Let not my words be heard, but rather the words in which that change lives. Your Son, Lord, the words of Scripture. We pray all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. 
So we're going to talk about a lot about light today, which is nice because there's a lot of light in the sanctuary, a little bit less light outside with the clouds. But this light that we're going to talk about is not um, an artificial light. So in your head, I don't want you to think of a light bulb. I want you to think of the sun, kind of the, the big glowing ball in the sky, if you aren't too familiar with it. Um, because God's light, as it talks about, it, is much more than just something that helps us see. And that's what we're going to talk about. So three points dealing with light today. We're going to talk about, we're talk about receiving the light, walking in the light, and my favorite one, basking in the light. Also, I will not lie, it took me about eight different tries to spell the word basking correctly, as I do not say it a lot, nor do I write it a lot. But receiving the light, we start off, like I said in, the, in John, focusing on the same thing that John talks about in his gospel. That in the beginning, there was Christ. That there was this word that came out. That from the very beginning of time and before time, God was there. Christ was there, and his word is powerful. He came, and if you know Genesis, there is this beautiful light that bursts in. This glory of God shines upon creation. And we see constantly, I'm sure throughout the Old Testament and New Testament you've read, you see this constant theme of light coming, removing darkness. We talk about often with salvation that it's like a light is in us. You sing the song when you were a kid, you're like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You talk about, you know, light is a huge theme in our lives as Christians. But I feel oftentimes, especially in this past couple of weeks as I've been looking over this passage, I've had too small of a vision of what light does, especially in the context of our faith. Because if God, if Christ is our light and our salvation, which I think John uh, repeats constantly, then we have to realize this light is real, that it affects us. It's not just some figment of our imagination. John repeats for four verses that Jesus was real. He was somebody they touched, somebody he hung out with. John will tell you himself in the gospel that he was the disciple in whom Jesus loved. So John probably had a really good understanding about who Jesus was, that he interacted with the light of the world, the one who came to bring salvation. And so when I was reading this, the first thing I had to think about was, what does light do in a very basic sense? Well, light gets rid of darkness. Right? You, you turn on a light and you can see things. So it reveals things. And then I think about when I was in high school, I had a science teacher who tried to convince us that lights don't work the way we think they do. He, he, started, he would always start his lectures with uh, an interesting article. And he'd put his hands like this and he'd go... So today I'm going to blow your minds as high schoolers and I'm going to change every way you see the world. He goes, light bulbs do not shoot out light. Rather, they suck up darkness. He goes, the brighter the light bulb isn't making the room brighter, rather it's removing this darkness that pervades where you are. Now, if most people, you hear that and you're like, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's obviously not true. That's not how lights work. And so that's how I viewed as a high schooler for a long time. But then starting to study who Christ is, what he does, that I think that's more of a, a fuller picture of what Jesus does. 
That he's this light, that he not only removes darkness, but at one time he took that darkness upon himself. It's like if we're all in a pool together, you know, if you've ever been in a community pool, they're really nasty and dirty and have all this stuff going on, and that Jesus steps into the pool and he sucks up all of the muck and the mire and the dirtiness, the darkness, and he took it upon himself. And then he shined and removed it. Not just the light, his light not, didn't just kind of push it away, but it destroyed it. He took it upon himself and removed it completely. That this light that God gives us is not only um, something that, that opens our eyes to things around us, but it's something that takes on the darkness that, that we so often add to, that we so often want to hold on to ourselves. So when we talk about receiving light, we talk about Christ and what he does when he, when he enters into us, when he deals with us uh, salvation, when we talk about when we mess up. That oftentimes when we were kids, we talked about you know, receiving Jesus, that he came into our hearts, and that he's there. And that's true. And as a kid, I thought Jesus had his light in my, the full confines of my heart. That he entered in, bam, light. There wasn't a shadow, no darkness. And as I got older, though, I realized that I had a bunch of doors surrounding the walls of dark rooms I did not want Jesus to get in. But brothers and sisters, I have an exciting and terrifying news to tell you. That those doors don't stop Jesus' light from getting in. That when we receive the light, when, when John talks about this light, he's not just talking about Jesus standing way above us with this spotlight and he's trying to like catch you as you're avoiding it and sprinting into it. Rather, Jesus comes alongside of us, like somebody with a candle or a lamp or a flashlight, and he fellowships with us. He, he gets to know us. And as we get to know him, and those doors get open, those lights shine on some of those things that may be dirty, may be scary to show, Jesus takes that sin, that dirtiness upon himself, and wipes it clean. That his light, as it works through us, as Christ um, teaches us to be more like him, dives into his word, as John talks about, um, as we proclaim what, who God is, that there's no darkness in him, that we fellowship with him, that he re- starts removing that sin. Because we all have sin in our life. We all have darkness that needs to be removed. And Christ wants to come in and not just blow it away, but he wants to forgive us of it. Truly forgive. I tell my high schoolers all the time, not like the forgiveness that I constantly do, where it's like, I forgive you, but then I turn around and I'm like, I'm never trusting that dude again. Or I'm never going to interact with that person again. But the Bible tells us that when Jesus forgives us, when that light enters us, when he forgives us, as far as the east is to the west. And if you're like Reuben, like, they just keep going till infinity. I was like, exactly. When we step at the throne of, of God, the Holy One, and he sees us, he doesn't see any darkness in us. Rather, he sees what Christ did. He looks at you and says, Son, daughter, you are in who I love. And so as we dive into God's word, as we look at uh, not only as the Gospels, but as the entirety of Scripture teaches about who God is and who we are in spite of that, or in light of that, 
that we get to experience and we get to feel what it's like to have those doors, those dark places open up and light to be shown. It's not always easy to walk in the light, but, but it is something that, that we get to receive and we get to walk through, that God does not leave us there. Oftentimes the Holy Spirit, when it talks about the light, we're going to, in walking with Christ, we, we think Jesus is kind of just walking with us, sitting us in the muck and mire, and just being like, you feel, you know, be shamed, Reuben, or feel bad about this, sit here, and when you feel better about it, when you realize truly what it is, just, just come find me. Rather, I'm in this muck and this mire, and Jesus comes alongside, picks me up, looks me in the eyes, says, I love you. That this gift of forgiveness I have for you, this light, as it's often talked about, is there to remove all that, that darkness, that that no longer defines who I am. And so as we walk in the light, as we start to interact with this giant room that has lots of doors of places we may want to keep uh, darkness around or we're too scared, I had a teacher this past week talk about how often we want to be shadow people, we want to hide in the shadows, we're like, we're cool with Jesus hitting the light of most things, but if I can just keep this one part of me hiding in the darkness... But Jesus doesn't do that. He walks with us throughout this room and walks with us as we enter into these, these dark places, these places that maybe haven't seen light in a long time, these places that maybe affect us from truly following what Christ has called us to do and what did Christ call us to do. What, what did he say is the greatest commandment? Well, I think he named two things. He said to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. And Christ demonstrated that love He demonstrated what the light can truly do on the cross. As he walks with us, he picks things up and says, I've forgiven you of that, that I died for that, so that you may be forgiven, that this light is not just one that shows us our mess and leaves us there and is like, look how dirty your laundry room is, Reuben. But rather, all the laundry is done. It's clean because God has forgiven us. And so in light of that, when we're walking with Jesus and we see that, then we should be encouraged and we should be given this hope to try to keep that room clean. That being a Christian means not only just uh, being forgiven of our sins, but living a life that is honoring to the one who shows the light. I mentioned that song as being this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. That God tells us that we are witnesses, that we are image bearers of him. So if he is the the true light, the great light that removes all darkness, keeps our uh, sin at bay and destroys it, uh, then we as light bearers, as image bearers, people who walk in the light, when people see us, they should see a fraction, they should see a picture of who we represent, of who we say we follow. That's Jesus. I always think of that song uh, when I'm talking about um, light and what Jesus has done, it makes me kind of feel giddy because uh, I really enjoy the idea of being forgiven because I've messed up a lot. And so John talks about, he says, well, I'm telling you about this. I'm telling you about the light. I'm telling you about who Jesus is. So while you're walking in the light, while you're, while you're being fellowshipping with Christ, you can have joy. That a uh, if the input into our darkness is, is light, our output is not just forgiveness, 
It's not just the, um, the strength to carry on, the strength to avoid during up those rooms again, but it's also the strength to have joy. I don't know how many of you went to summer camp, but I was a camp counselor a few times. Um, and we used to sing the song called, I'm trading my sorrows, I'm trading my shame, I'm laying them down. And we dance and we go, for the joy of the Lord. A lot of you know that song? That's a good song. 10 out of 10 recommend it. Um, but I think about that because oftentimes when the light first hits a room, I feel yucky inside and I don't feel joyful because when, when the light hits a room, I start defining myself by those things, by those sins, by those dirty socks or unswept floor or whatever. I'm not talking about my apartment, I promise. Um, but... (laughs) I define myself by these things the light has shown me. And then Christ, whether through reading his word, singing songs, praying, or having a brother and sister or sister in Christ come alongside me and reminding me that I'm not defined by the things the light is showing me, by the things that are being removed in my life. But rather what defines me is what Christ has done. And Scripture constantly reminds us that when God sees us, if we take and trust in who Jesus is, he doesn't see us no longer as this filthy human being. Rather, he sees us as his son and his daughter, as princes, princesses, as those who love, his good and faithful servant. Not anything that we did, but we are defined by the light in which Christ gave us, that Christ allowed to permeate every little nook and cranny and dark crevice that I don't want him there in my heart. And so the next part of the light I want to talk about is basking in the light. Um, When I think about basking in the light, I always thought about sunbathing. I was never one to sunbathe. Um, I don't know if it's anything about me perceives that, um, but I'm a pretty pale person, so I kind of avoided it. Um, But my mom loves it. And for a long time as a kid, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, you could go swim in the water, or you go make sandcastles. She's like, nope, this is for me. And as I got older, I realized she did it not uh, because she hated all these other things, but because she truly enjoyed the sun hitting her, that it brought her comfort, that it brought her warmth, that it brought her a sense of relaxation and peace. And I promise you, as my mom did not have a lot of peace raising me and my siblings, <laughs> um, But she had these moments where she could lay in the sun and just enjoy all that it gave her. And so as Christians, we get to have this joy of being in the light. That we get to have comfort in what God is doing in our lives. That despite these things coming to light or these things we need forgiveness of, we know that God still loves us. He's doing these things not of malicious intent or because he wants to show everybody how terrible we are, but he does it because he loves us. I'm not a parent, but um, my dad reminds me that parents understand this best. That oftentimes correcting, times of um, helping us through things, showing us who we really are. My father never did that maliciously. Rather, he did it because he loved me. Think of how many times... Um, I haven't lived at home in a very long time, and 
I'd be going through a season that was difficult or something, and I'd call my dad, and I'd just be like, you're right, or you were right, or I messed up, Dad. How, um, how could you ever love or look at a son like this? My dad would tell me, I always knew. I knew you were going through this. I knew it was hard. And I still loved you. That I see those things before you may even see them yourselves. But I'm here for you. That I will always be there for you. I'll walk with you. And I think that's, a, that's who God is to us. That when we come to him, God hears our prayers, our difficulties, whatever, and he knows. He already knows before we confess. And despite knowing, he still loves us. He still wants to walk with us. He still will, wants to lift us up and make us better than we are. He still wants us to represent him, to be image bearers. That we get to, as Christians, we get to be a part of this crazy, awesome world that God put us in. We get to be shining lights. Not because we're so great or because we have a clean laundry hamper, but because of what Christ did. So, I want to end with this. I pray this coming week that as you see a light turn on or you walk outside and maybe... You know, once in a blue moon, Seattle allows us to see the sunshine. That you're reminded that God is shining upon you. That his forgiveness is honest and true. It is not something that he holds against you. When he forgives you of sins, it is gone. It's wiped clean. We're white as snow. That the light may reveal things that may be difficult and hard to deal with, but God does it because he loves you. And that you are light bearers yourself as image bearers of Christ. And walk in that and show the love that Christ showed you. That's what John wants us to understand. That's what Scripture wants us to understand. I think that's what Christ wants us to understand. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly and Most Holy Father, we thank you for the wonderful, beautiful fellowship and light and joy that being in relationship with you brings us. We thank you that you understand us more than we could ever understand ourselves. We thank you that despite it being difficult, you help us and comfort us and allow us to admit sins and be forgiven of them. And Lord, we pray that we do everything we can to be lights into this world, to show love and grace and peace that you show to us, to those around us. We pray all this in your precious and most holy name. Amen.